One of the things that we as human beings are really good at is avoiding things that are ugly. As Catholics, we're used to seeing, today on Good Friday, we're used to seeing crucifixes. And generally, we like those crucifixes. There's a lot of beautiful ones out in the world. Uh, The one we have here at Our Lady of Lourdes, I love our crucifix. It's beautiful. And I love praying with it. It's a great piece of art that helps us to pray more deeply. But every once in a while, you'll see a crucifix that isn't beautiful. It doesn't seem to really capture our eyes or our attention. And today is a day where it's appropriate for us to remember the crucifixion as it really was. As something horrifically ugly. One of the the most famous images in history of the crucifixion is a horrific depiction of the crucifixion. It's a, it's a piece by Matthias Grunwald. And I encourage you to, to look this up. It was painted between 1512 and 1516. And I've been praying with this this week. That crucifixion scene is just horrific. Jesus is writhing in agony on the cross. And in the, the corpus, the body, sometimes we'll see crucifixes and they have these beautiful ivory sculptured bodies of Christ. But not in this one. In this one, Jesus, his body is, is painful to look at. And all over his body are, are sores and lesions. It's truly the body of someone who has been tortured beyond recognition. It's hard to look at. And at times when I've seen that painting or other ones, I don't like to look at it. Until I learn what it was made for. So this, this altarpiece, it was painted for an altarpiece in Eisenheim. And it's, it's enormous. When you see the actual thing, it's nine feet tall and 16 feet wide. It's an enormous piece. And it was made to be the centerpiece in a hospital. It was made uh, for people who had skin diseases. And a group of monks was running this hospital and it would care for people suffering with skin diseases. And when those patients came in to that hospital, the first thing they would see is this depiction of the crucifixion where Jesus had the same afflictions that they themselves had. Amazingly powerful. Truly, he has borne our infirmities. 
And as men and women laid in that hospital, they could look at the God who loved them and didn't love them from a distance, but who entered into the depth of their sufferings, of their fears, of the very diseases they had contracted. Obviously, that's something super powerful for us today as we deal with this virus, is that God is not someone who loves us from a distance, from a safe space where he himself cannot be touched by the pains that are ours. But we have a God who enters into the depths of the things that we struggle with. I don't like looking at ugliness, and that's a natural human thing. And I know, brothers and sisters, the same is true for all of us. One image of this is in the early church, the greatest heresy, and it's still the greatest heresy today, it's lasted, was something called Gnosticism. It's still around today. We don't talk about it a lot, but Gnosticism was a heresy that believed physical matter didn't really matter. Your body doesn't really matter. It was also a heresy that believed that you were saved by secret knowledge. It was those who had this, this mystical knowledge, those are the ones who were saved. Gnosticism was ashamed of the cross. Just like me, I have a hard time when you see an ugly crucifixion scene. It's hard to look at. It's hard to pray with. Because you and I tend to avoid suffering and discomfort and ugliness. The Gnostic Gospels, what they did, you've heard of those. The Gnostic Gospels were written later than the true Gospels that we have in our scriptures. The Gnostic Gospels airbrushed the crucifixion out of Christianity. They were embarrassed by a God who would suffer. And so they simply airbrushed that part out. Thank God for the church. Thank God that he sent his word and he gave us a divine scripture that told us the truth about who God is. And the gospels that the church has given us, brothers and sisters, is amazing. And in the four canonical gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, not only is the cross not airbrushed out, Holy Week, the last week of Jesus' life, makes up about 40% of the four canonical Gospels. This hugely important last week of his life is it, there's a disproportionate amount of time spent on that for us as Christians. For us, right, for us who know who Jesus is, we can say with St. Paul, Paul says that Jews seek signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we, we proclaim Christ Jesus, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to the Gentiles. 
But to us who are being saved, Christ the power of God and Christ the wisdom of God. Today, Jesus reveals in a painful moment the depths of the heart of God. And it's important for us every year on Good Friday, it's important for us to remember that that day in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago was a very ugly day. It was a very ugly day. Crucifixion victims were not crucified with their clothes on. We put a loincloth on Jesus for obvious reasons, and that's appropriate. But Jesus was not crucified with a loincloth. He was crucified naked to humiliate him. He was crucified in a very public space so that as many people as possible would see his humiliation. People who were crucified almost always would lose control of their bodily functions. It was very common. We know in the ancient world that crucifixion victims would say the most vile, blasphemous, horrible things in their sufferings. So much so, it was common for Roman soldiers, they would cut out the tongues of their victims to stop their blasphemy. Crucifixion is a very ugly thing. And Jesus, today, we need to remember that his sufferings were truly horrific, but they were even worse. Because somehow, mystically and spiritually, Jesus bore our sins. And on that cross, the condemnation that belongs to me was paid by him. It's an amazing thing. Today our God turns the world upside down. He takes something ugly to reveal the most beautiful thing that has ever happened. And the truth is, brothers and sisters, today on Good Friday, the real ugly things of this world, we have a really ugly thing in the coronavirus right now, and it's very real. And our prayers and our hearts are with those who are suffering and those who serve the suffering. But you're much more than that. And the people in the, in the hospitals are much more than that. Because the real drama of a human life is in our hearts and our souls. And the real ugliness that you and I struggle to look at is our sinfulness. 
And far worse than any physical plague is the plague of our sins that Jesus bears in himself. But he's there because he loves you and he loves me. As we saw yesterday on Holy Thursday, right? Jesus says to us, this is my body which is for you. Which is for you. The real ugliness in our lives has to do with our sin. And today I hope that you can look on the cross and you won't airbrush it out. You won't just move on to something else. God isn't, isn't afraid of our sin. God comes in to conquer our sin. He doesn't brush away our problems. He comes in and he deals with the root of it. That's what Jesus always does and that's what he does today. There's a, there's a story that I love. There's a famous story when we look at a cross and when we can really see it. I remember when I was having my conversion and I was raised Catholic, but when I really came alive in my faith, it was because I saw a crucifix and for the first time I knew, I knew in a deep way that the man on that cross was there because he loved me. There's a famous story that in Paris, there were a group of boys who went to confession and boys will do this. I feel like girls don't do this as much. But they went to confession to mock the sacrament. And they kept going back and back just to mock what was happening in the confessional. And it was a group of boys of, of different backgrounds, and they had, they had different religions. And one of the, the later boys to go in and to mock the priest in the confessional was, was not Christian. He was a Jewish boy. And he went in to mock what was happening, and the priest had picked up that this is what was going on. And so the priest told the boy, he said, for your penance, I want you to go and I want you to go to the crucifix out in the cathedral and I want you to look at Jesus on the cross and say, I know you died for me and I just don't care. I know you died for me and I just don't care. And I want you to say it ten times. And so this boy went out, true story, and something compelled him to actually do it. And he went to a crucifix and he said, I know you died for me and I just don't care. I know you died for me and I just don't care. And he couldn't make it through <laughs> the end of all of the repetitions. And he broke down crying. That boy would later convert and was to become the Cardinal Archbishop of Paris.
On the cross today, brothers and sisters, Jesus reveals to us our own sinfulness, our own apathy. But he also reveals the depths of his love for us. That on the cross, Christ comes to set things right. He comes not just to leave us in our misery, but he comes to enter into it. To remake the world as it should be. There's two simple points today. The first and most important point for every one of us is that you are loved more than you could ever possibly understand. And that God doesn't just love you in the externals of your life. He loves you in the depths of your sin. He loves you in those areas of your life that you are most embarrassed about. And he doesn't seek to avoid those areas. He wants to go right into the heart of them to set things right. And the second message is this. The New Testament tells us that on that cross, Christ came to make the world a new place. To turn it back to God. And God calls every one of us, you and me, today, his love calls us to be part of that solution. Jesus sets the world right today on Good Friday. Origen, who I've quoted before, Origen, an early Christian, early church father, talks about the tree of the cross. And he understands that the cross, right, the cross is the fulfillment of the Garden of Eden. Jesus is going to come and he's going to make things as they should be. And Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, they reached out to the, knowledge, the tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But Origen says the true tree of the knowledge of good and evil is the cross. On the cross... I see how awful sin really is. How bad the world's rebellion against God is, but I also see how good God is. I have the knowledge of evil, and I have the knowledge of good. So Origen says, in this tree is understood to be the knowledge of good and evil on which both the good Christ and the evil devil hung. The evil that it might perish, but the good that it might live by power. As the apostle said of Christ, although he was crucified in weakness, he lives by the power of God. Lord, today on the cross, some 2,000 years ago, Jesus, you came and you died to destroy evil, but also to call us to life. We adore you, O Christ, and we praise you.
Because by your holy cross, you have redeemed the world.